Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 73 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And we are... I'm tired, man. I, I like. I'm tired. It's been a long week. It's been. It's been an interesting week. We had some it's like rain been and stuff. One week since you looked at me. Sorry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Great reference. Um, no, we had some rain come through today, so it was just kind of dreary and gross. But then, like this afternoon, the, the sun decided to come out for some reason. So it was just one of those weird like. It was miserable this morning, and then it was kind of pretty, but still wet and stuff this afternoon, yeah. and. Didn't really know what to. I, I was like, I was like Will Ferrell. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> so, so that weather thing that came through like all of Alabama, and then now I guess it's in Georgia now. Um, it, it was supposed to come through last night for us, and we like drug all of our porch stuff in, and you know, made like you know, we're getting ready for a hurricane over here. Yeah. And the wind blew like four miles an hour. It rained for like eight minutes, and it lightning like three times. Yeah. And that's it. it. It's, like, it's funny. It's funny how people are like freaking out about the weather. Uh, my wife was like, "Do you think our trampoline's gonna fly away?" And I looked at the thing. And I was like, "Well, the gusts are like twenty miles an hour, but we are on top of a hill, and it's behind the house, and it's only like a foot off the ground. So <laughs> it would have to be a heck of a gust for it to get, for <laughs> wind to get up underneath it." That's right. But, um, but yeah, it's been an interesting just. Not really busy, just kind of mentally draining week. We had yeah. some friends in town last weekend, and we got some a, kind of a big thing planned this coming weekend. So, um, we're I'm looking forward to that. But uh, just anytime, anytime your routine's thrown off, you it just kind of sets you up for a a few weird days. Yeah, yep, it does. It does. Well, the best way to uh, Put to put a bad week behind you is to drink a little bit of beer and talk about the Bible. Let's so, do it. I think we should do both of those things tonight. I agree. Uh, what beer do you have for tonight? So tonight I've got I've never heard of this brewery. Um, I got it because look, look at this can, dude. That can is awesome. Yeah. So I've got from the Bolero Snort Brewery, and they are located in. I had it pulled up here. Hang on. They are located they are in, in New Jersey. Yeah, I was on their website, um, and I saw them somewhere. Carlstadt, New Jersey. I don't know where Carlstadt is, but New Jersey's not that big. But anyway, <laughs> I've got the Crushable India Pale Ale. Um, the can looks like an Orange Crush. And I'm not a huge fan of Orange Crush, but if you put something in beer form, I'm probably going to try it. <laughs> at least once. <laughs> yeah, at least once. 4.4 um, ABV. Uh, the Untapped says there are no IBUs. Like it doesn't say zero. It says the word no, no IBU. So, okay. um, and apparently this is a summer seasonal. So I guess the 
package store I went to either got an early shipment or had some <laughs> leftover from last summer. So it's either super fermented or not at all. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's what I've got going on. The can is really cool. I, I'm excited to take a picture of it and post it on yeah, socials and, and stuff. And so. we've we've decided that I'm not allowed to post uh, beer pictures anymore <laughs> because I have two weeks in a row now gotten the beer wrong that Michael is drinking. It's okay. I mean, you're only the one listening to and editing the podcast and should be listening for some details and have access to the reference sheet and all. But I mean, it's cool. It's cool. It's fine. What's um, funny is I looked at like I went to I actually did. I went to the reference sheet and I looked it up and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, brew for your die, brew for your die image. And I went and grabbed the first image that I found and I didn't realize that there's yeah. a brew for your die and there's a blood orange brew yeah. for your die. So anyway. Another orange one for me. I don't know if that says something about me or what. I do like the color orange, but that's neither here nor there. But Anthony, what do you, you have like, to drink? You, you like it for different reasons. Tonight, I like it for all sorts of reasons. All sorts of reasons. I have. So this one actually comes as a recommendation. Um, uh, somebody messaged me and said, hey, uh, there's this guy that we both know, and he has a brewery near you in Opelika, Alabama. And so I messaged him, and I was like, hey, man, where can I find your beer? And so he's like, go to here to this store. So I went to that store, and I found it. Um, from the Red Clay Brewing in Opelika, Alabama, I have the Appalachiosaurus. And quite easily the coolest can. You can see the little dinosaur guy. But my favorite thing is in the background, there is a meteor that is a hop. It's a hop meteor. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> when Anthony showed me the can, I immediately thought of the how it should have ended on YouTube um, yes. that uh, particularly the Jurassic Park ones that's the that's what the dinosaur looks like to me yes so this is a 5% ABV on the untapped for this one it actually says no IBUs either and I'm scrolling the can to see if it has anything on there I've nothing never, there so. I've never seen beer say no IBUs no IBUs and it's weird What's that funny, we, it's weird that we both got both yeah kind of independently so I was reading some of the reviews on Untapped, and and this one was probably my favorite. It says sweet, malty, and bitter. I don't I don't really know what to do with the sweet and bitter at the same time. That's like dark chocolate. <laughs> but at least, well, maybe it is. But to me, dark chocolate's not sweet. It's just bitter. Well, that's like that's fair. All right. So, well. We might as well crack them open and drink them. Let's do it. We we, we got them sitting here. Let's we got them sitting here. Let's drink them. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Mm. I will say one of the reasons I I picked this one. They had a couple of different ones in there, and the reason I picked this one's because it was an amber. And if you've listened to the podcast at all, you know that I am a good sucker for a good amber. So I'm hoping this is going to be a good one. Ah, oh, jeez. I'm going to have one of my classic don't-know-how-to-pour-beer moments. <laughs> Only been doing this for almost two years and still figuring it out. Don't ever look at me because I don't know how to pour beer. I don't know when to say the YouTube phrase. Thanks, Brian Regan. Tag him also. <laughs> He'll be like, what are these idiots doing? Who are these idiots tagging me in this podcast? So we watched his uh, latest Netflix special this week. Yeah, the, the dude is old. Yes, he is. He looks like an old man. I'm really concerned for his health, actually. <laughs> I mean, he's got to be in his 60s, I think. He's, he's, he is 62 years old. Oh, wow. 
he looks he looks it. He looks like and a 62 year old man. I didn't realize he was that old. I was blown away when I saw that. It broke this thing my, smells pretty good. Mine smells like an IPA. <laughs> oh, like every IPA ever. <laughs> yes. And I mean, maybe that's my ignorance, but to me, every IPA smells like every other IPA. Yeah. I still stand. Most people either love IPAs or hate IPAs. Yeah. I mean, I've never met somebody who's kind of indifferent. They're obviously coming around on me because I've had IPAs like two weeks in a row now. So it's true. It's true. Yeah, well, maybe let's, not. I don't let's know. turn them up and uh, and see what they taste like. Bottoms up. An Appalachiosaurus. Let's go. That's pretty good. Here's how good it is right here. I'm about to say you're gonna. I like this. Uh, I like this Babylon B cup because I can fit like one and a half beers in it. Oh, 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 oh! Almost had a. I don't know how to pour beer moment there. <laughs> huh. I've got. I think I've got my nail down. You look like you're pondering. Things. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> All right. This is this is a good classic amber beer. Um, it's got a little bit richer flavor than I was expecting, uh, because, you know, usually you get the ambers and it's, um, it's got that, that it's not quite bitter, but it's just that, that I don't know know any other way to describe it than that dark taste. Okay. Which I, which I, I mean, that's why I like my, my favorite box beer is Yingling. That's just, that's my go-to. That's the one I buy. Um, and this is a lot like that, but it has more flavor. I feel like than, than a Yingling does. Um, but as far as just the, the Amber, the lager style, I mean, this, this thing hits it on, on all places. It, to me, it's not quite a five, so I'm not going to give it five, but I am going to back down and I'm going to give it four and a half Luthers out of five because it's got really good flavor. The, the flavor is actually a little bit stronger than your, than your typical, uh, lager, which, which to me is a good thing. Um, but but yeah, it's it's got great flavor. It's got great smell. Uh, the texture's good. This is a this could be a well rounded. You can kind of enjoy it in a whole bunch of different situations: uh, dinner, cigar, pipe, um, hanging out, fishing, doing whatever you want to do. This uh, this could be the beer for you. So I'm gonna come in four and a half Luthers with the Appalachiosaurus uh, from Red Clay Brewery. How's Crushable stacking up over there? Well. I'm uh, I'm struggling a little bit. Uh-oh. Because, uh oh. So my expectations, because I couldn't find a great description of it on there on uh, Bolero Snort's website. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to Untapped and found a. I, of course, I read the description after I took a sip. So now my <laughs> expectations have to be catered a little bit. But. So my initial expectation was that it was going to taste like an orange soda. Mm-hmm. Like it was going to be very sweet. It was going to be um, almost an artificial sweet, artificial orange sweet kind of thing. Right. Um, and now I'm reading the description, and it doesn't say anything about actually tasting like orange at all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm coming back a little bit. And the description says that they use a boatload of Zythos in the kettle before a massive Wakadu dry hop, lemon lime floral aptly named Crusher, and I guess that's where they get the crushable name. So, using that information, 
and based Whatever on what means. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no orange in it. That's the information I got. Um, <laughs> and comparing it to the, interestingly enough, the Brew Free or Die Blood Orange IPA that I had <laughs> a few weeks ago, um, I think I'm going to. I think this one is as good as the Blood Orange Brew Free or Die. Yeah. So I'm going to give it four Luthers to match with that uh, that one also. Okay. Nice. Well, that's uh. I've got to so stop. Con- that's I've consistent. Stop, yeah, I've got to stop getting uh, orange stuff because I had <laughs> had the Brew Free or Die. Uh, I think Blood Red Sky. A few weeks ago, I don't remember honestly. It, I've slept since then. I don't know. <laughs> this one, this week's another blood orange or another orange <laughs> or another IPA thing. Anyway, we got to take better notes. <laughs> <laughs> we we should probably look at our list before we go buy something. <laughs> I just go into the store and I'm like, what can catches my end? Oh, there's a bright orange one. I guess I'll do that. I guess I'll buy that one. I'm trying not to do the same brewery two weeks in a row, but there's a couple from like from there's a couple from Pontoon and Oscar mm-hmm. Blues, which I've done the last couple of weeks that I really want to try. I'm just trying to avoid doing the same brewery back to back weeks. Yeah, because I want to I want to continue to expand. I mean, Valero Snort. I've we've I've never even heard of them. They're up in New Jersey. I drank a beer that was brewed in New Jersey tonight. <laughs> I've only got three more. Now they are the tall cans. They're uh, pints. Oh, the so, sixteen ounce. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I get a little bit more for my buck, I guess. But it's still only four. Dang. Well, four losers is not bad though. And yeah, and, uh, it's, still, it's still pretty good. I mean, for an IPA, it's it's yeah about as good as an IPA is going to get on this podcast. <laughs> it's this is true. IPA, I don't think we've had IPAs, an IPA get five. IPA four Luthers is weighted to a five Luther. <laughs> <laughs> when all the when all the beers get together for their monthly meeting and they say IPA's got a four, they're like, oh, we might as well be up at the front. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well. There's some beer talk. Uh, we got the Appalachiosaurus Amber getting four and a half Luthers. This is one of the few times that I've actually rated one higher than you have. It's been a minute. I'm looking at the sheet it's right now. The last 70, time. Episode 70. Oh, that, it was. Okay. I got four. Because you had the the blood red sky and you're like, this oh, is terrible. Oh, that Caribbean <laughs> rum thing. That's what that was. Yeah. yeah. That was awful. Yeah. I mean, I gave it so. three Luthers because it was still beer. I don't. I think three is my one. Maybe we need to go like three to seven. (laughs) So if you get a three, that's like a one. Or maybe we should just start giving out ones. I don't know. Of course, then we'd have to go back and retroact Kalik and give it like .5 or something. Because Kalik has to stay the worst. Gosh, yes. That was terrible. (laughs) Mm. Oh, man. Well... We uh we're gonna move on. We are actually closing up Habakkuk tonight. Um, so we're gonna wrap up the end of Habakkuk and uh, we're we're gonna see what comes next. Maybe we'll maybe we'll throw a couple of weird episodes in between, but we're gonna do something next, and we're gonna we're gonna move to another book of the Bible. Um, I've really enjoyed talking about uh, just kind of walking through systematically walking through a book of the Bible, and Habakkuk has been super uh, interesting and and applicable, ironically applicable. Um, but anyway, so we're going to close it up tonight and, and, uh, finish our discussion there. And then 
We're going to move on to something else, but first we got to close out in the backing. We're going to do that right after this break. A portion of our beers. Most of it. I'm working on mine. Mine's actually coming around a little bit on me. I was a little skeptical. It was hard to give me it was hard for me to get a rating for it, but it's it's not bad. It's about as good as an IPA is ever gonna be. So um Ooh, excuse me. It's fighting back a little. <laughs> um so tonight, like Anthony said, we are going to conclude our study in Habakkuk. We're going to uh, just finish out our wrap up our discussion and um just dive in and see what uh, the Bible says here and um, have some discussion on it. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and get it out. If it's not already turned to Habakkuk 3, and we're going to read uh, verses 16 through 19 together. I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Version, and yes, I'm reading from my phone, so don't <laughs> judge me. You millennial. I know. I'm... <laughs> With my tight pants. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and, your, and your side part. <laughs> my side part and my skinny jeans. Let's go. Um, all right. So Habakkuk 3.16 is where we're starting. So this is Habakkuk speaking. I heard and I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will triumph in Yahweh, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Ooh. Yahweh is my Lord, or Yahweh my Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. For the choir director on stringed instruments, there's a little con like a little added thing at the end of what I'm reading. So, I'd let you know it was a song. Yeah. So, like uh, worship. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> segue. <laughs> that was smooth. Um, so yeah, th I mean these three, four verses are all uh, very much about Habakkuk. And his, really the culmination of his journey from um, doubt to belief. Mm -hmm. And um, Habakkuk here is just worshiping God for really who he is, what he said he's going to do, and trusting him with the results of it. So as we, when we think about worship, there are some questions that we need to ask. And I think these would be good for us to, I mean, particular, uh, not just discuss here, but any time that we haven't had a gut check really to go into and say, you know, I need to think about how I'm worshiping. I need to think about what I'm worshiping. So just, you know, here are some questions to ask and we'll come back and, and dive into them. So uh, what is worship? What is worship not? Why do we worship? What do we worship? And how should we worship? 
it's it's a challenging question, um, and if it's not challenging, then you might need to check uh, check yourself um, because it's a question. These are questions that I ask myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is worship? There's a there's a definition that I have used um, over the years when I was in college. I took a course um, at Integrity Worship Institute. Um, like the integrity music hashtag integrity music, um, and and we there was a guy. His it was this uh, it was this older gentleman, and he had worked with churches and worked as I don't I don't think he had been a worship pastor, but he had studied worship throughout all of the Bible. Um, and so he he talked taught this course, and and the very first thing that he said is worship is responding to all that God is with all that I am now. That can be applicable in so many situations, mm-hmm. and that really—I mean—that's what paints the picture of worship. Worship is not—I know I'm getting to the second question—but worship is not singing songs and standing up and clapping your hands with lights and smoke going everywhere. That's like—that's not worship. That's that technically would just be praise mm-hmm. because you're you're singing something to glorify God. So that's praise. Worship is what you're doing with your heart on the inside and, and, and giving an offering, whatever that offering is, you know, we don't have to do animal sacrifices now, but, but she, you know, yeah, no, this is, <laughs> it's so great. Well, I mean, so let, let's talk about, let's talk about animal sacrifices here for just a second. This is going to be a little rabbit trail, but in the old Testament, that was worship. Animal sacrifices mm-hmm. was worship. And, and I, and I heard this guy describe it this way one time. He said, imagine this, the guy, this uh, this really rich guy, would have to take a bull or something large because he's rich into the into the place, the temple, and he would have to do all the work. He would have to set up the the bull. He would have to kill the bull. He would have to drain the blood. All of that stuff happens by him, and then he takes the parts to the priest, and the priest offers a sacrifice, and that's his worship. Mm-hmm. So. Imagine, imagine this: uh, you walk in and you're clean, and you have your animal, and then you kill your animal. And in the process, if you've ever gutted a deer, or done, if you're a hunter, then you know you get nasty when you when you clean an animal like that. And so that is what's happening. And then you walk out, and and you don't have anything with you, and you're just filthy and covered in you know blood and and all kinds of stuff, uh, and you feel gross. But in God's eyes, you walked in and you were disgusting and you were gross mm-hmm. and you were covered in sin. And through that sacrifice, you walked out and you were clean. You were as white as snow in God's eyes. Yeah. And and that's what like that is what worship does to us as as people in our in our hearts. Yeah. And so that's why I say it's responding to all that God is with all that I am. God is is everything to us. He has done everything for us. To, to make salvation possible for us. He brings us into his salvation. Mm-hmm. He does all the work for us. And so it is, it is a, an external response that is a change to our internal condition. Mm-hmm. Does that, you know? Yeah. So, so that's what is worship. Now, let's talk for here. Let's talk about what worship is not. I've already said one thing. It's not singing. Yeah. Um, what, can you think of another example of what worship is not? Um. I mean, worship is not just like gathering in church. It's not mm-hmm. just gathering for a worship service. I mean, you're at that point. You're just going. You're just assembling. Yeah. It, I mean, you could go 
you can go anywhere and, and worship or you could go to yeah. church and not worship. I mean, it, it's ultimately the act of worship has nothing to do with what's going on externally. Yeah. It is all an internal um it's an all it's an internal process. That's there yes. it is. You know, worship if worship is going to church on Sunday, going to church on Wednesday, but the rest of the week you're not living a life of worship, then on when on Sunday and Wednesday you're there's a chance you're just going for an experience. Yeah. And not and not actually going for an encounter with God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's slightly ironic and, and I I know the last few weeks I've been a little hard on churches, but I do think it's slightly ironic that a lot of churches are calling their Sunday services experiences now. You know, this mm-hmm. is our Sunday experience. <clears throat> and and if that's what you're reducing worship to is an experience, then I man, I I hate to say it, but you have missed the boat. Yeah. The the boat is gone and you're about to jump in the water by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, does worship include singing? Yes, it can. Yeah. Does worship include the sermon and, and corporate gatherings? Yes, it does. Is it defined by those things? No, it's not. Right. Um, ultimately, worship comes down to a personal, internal going external Mm -hmm. type of response. Yeah. And And, and no one can force anyone to worship. No. At the the end of the day, it is all in an individual internal decision to bring God all that you have to -hmm. thank him for all that he's done. Yeah. Um, and, And I feel like a lot of churches try to manufacture that response Whoa now. I know that that might have I might have just <laughs> might have just lost a bunch of people right there. But Whoa now. I mean, you know, a lot of churches try to create this response in people and, and they you know, they base their quote unquote success on the response of the people. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know instead of looking at it like did the did we as a church worship Jesus today? Yeah. Like the question should never be did we as a church because it it should be more did I as an individual worship Jesus with yeah. all of my heart today? If you're a pastor and preaching is an act of worship, did you present the gospel? Did you present your message with all that you have? Yeah. In response to all that God has done. If you're a member of the congregation, did you engage in worship? With all that you are, did you engage in the sermon? And that's something else, too, to think about. But as a member of the congregation, if you're just sitting there with your hands crossed during the preaching, you're not engaging in worship with all that you are during that time. Because if the pastor is preaching the sermon with all that he has and he's worshiping God that way, our responsibility as a member of the congregation is to engage in the sermon with all that we have. Right. And whether that means paying attention or taking notes or you know, responding when he calls for a response, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we are called to do. Yes. And the reason we're called to do that is the reason why we worship, because mm-hmm. that's what we're built to do. That's, you know, we as human beings, as image bearers of God, we are built to reflect the glory of God 
and that is that is uh, kind of the essential part of worship is we're and we're going to worship something mm-hmm. we're going to you know we're we're going to sink our hearts and minds into something and and you can see it in every aspect of the world today wh- what people are worshiping um you know I, I had a pastor one time and he said he said if if you want me to show you what you worship let me hold your checkbook for a few minutes mm-hmm. and i was like ouch you know because a lot i mean the things we spend our money because think i mean think about it what we earn we work hard to earn our money and so we're careful about where we spend money. We don't spend money just on things that we don't want. You right. have to want it, and you have to long after it mm-hmm. to spend money on it. You know, we want a nice house. We want a nice car. We want all of these things. Now, that doesn't mean that those things are wrong. Just because you own a nice house and you and you drive a nice car doesn't mean that that's wrong. It doesn't mean that you're worshiping that. But if that is all that you have and, that, and you're giving everything that you have to those things— mm-hmm. You might need you might need a gut check yeah. in that area because you're giving everything that you have to to whatever it is that you're you're spending that money on. So yeah, um, that's why we worship is because we're built to we're built to worship, mm-hmm. and then we worship the things that our heart desires most. Yeah, and so that answers the why and the what, and then the the last thing is I feel like an English teacher now who what when where why and how <laughs> yeah I see these questions and I'm like am I back in college <laughs> who what when where why it's the sorry uh, my daughter homeschools and we do like English lessons and stuff sometimes because apparently I'm supposed to be the educated one in this family <laughs> but but you're anyway, at work all the time I know <laughs> but but the the last one that we say is how do we worship well. Mm-hmm. We worship a lot of different ways, and and in one of the one of the commentaries that I was reading, I, I saw the sentence, and I wrote it down here so we could we could look at it tonight. But um, it's a guy named D. A. Carson, and he says worship is a transitive verb, and the most important thing about it is the direct object. Mm-hmm. And so, th- and and think about it this way: your worship, whatever it is that you're worshiping, is the direct object. Yeah. So if it's love of money, if it's material possessions. If it's your family, if it's your kids, if you're a parent, if it's your parents, if you're a kid, um, name a hundred things that it could be, and and that's the direct object. Until the direct object is God, you're not going to get to the very first definition that we started off with of responding to all that God is with all that I am. When you get to that point where worship is the transitive verb that points back to God, then that definition will ring true and it will resound in your life in, in every aspect of your life. And it will flow down to every aspect yeah. of your life. Yeah. That's a good so, word. With all that being said, let's get into Habakkuk now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that we've set up worship and, and, and I, I wanted to do this at the, at the beginning with a very specific purpose, because these verses that Michael just read are an act. They're, they're, they're like this act or this prayer of worship that Habakkuk has. And so it's important for us to set this thing up because, you know, we hear, we throw around worship like a buzzword, um, but but realistically, we don't know what it is. And so we've got that kind of definition there, and we've talked about what it is, what it's not. Now let's walk through these verses and see see how this plays out in, in Habakkuk ni- uh, 16 through 19. So uh, you read it. Get us into this passage. What's going on? How yeah. are we going to start this? So... Um you know, there, you can break it down pretty much into almost verse by verse what's going on here. 
um, these last three verses or four verses of Habakkuk are God, are his final response to all that God has done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also kind of a call for Hab- like Habakkuk is saying, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you with it. I don't yeah. understand why you're letting the Babylonians come in and overtake your people, mm-hmm. but I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to worship you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at verses 17 and 18. And those are verses that people quote quite a bit. Um, or tattoo on their bodies or... Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, and I was reading it. I think verse 19 is my wife's, uh, like, call to, like, her career. No, no, no. That's her... No, that's a different verse. That's her... Li- this is her life verse. Verse 19 okay. is her life verse. I can't remember. <laughs> people got verses for all sorts of things, man. Um, but, the you know, the he makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk a mountain heights. Like that's a that's a pretty strong uh, word picture there, um, mm-hmm. but if you okay, so if we look at particularly seventeen and eighteen, um, in the larger context of you know not just this passage that we read tonight, but all of chapter three, they take even more meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this guy that uh, this book, the book that we're reading, uh, James Montgomery Boyce wrote. What is it that makes this chapter and particularly the final verses so forceful? In my judgment, this is his judgment. It is the courageous way in which Habakkuk embraces all the calamities he can imagine and nevertheless triumphs over them in the knowledge and love of his Savior. And so what Boyce is saying here is pretty much what we've been talking about the last several weeks is that Habakkuk is – coming to the point where he's trusting God with the results mm-hmm. even though he doesn't understand it. And, yeah. and I think that's where we've got to get to the our the point in our walk where we can look around and see all the all the stuff that we're dealing with, whether it's in our personal life or work or mm-hmm. in the government or whatever, and say, you know what, God, you're up to something. I'm okay with not knowing what's going on because I'm going to choose to worship you anyway. Yeah. Yep. It it really uh these you know, these verses are 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 almost like a, a separate section of the book or, or a whole new I feel like like there should be a chapter four and it mm. should start with verse sixteen. It's like and, a new thought. And, yeah. Because it's it's this closing almost like a doxology type of thing. Um where where Habakkuk in verse sixteen and we hit on sixteen a little bit last week and and I think it's important to to kind of draw sixteen into because it's like sixteen sets up for for the the sixty five yard field goal versus seventeen and eighteen um you know you have sixteen where he says where he says I hear and my body trembles my lips quiver at the sound rottenness enters my bones my legs tremble beneath me so. He is basically saying everything that is within me is gone. I have no strength left. I have nothing left to give. And then the next verse or the next words that he says, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble. Now, there there is and and we have done our fair share of railing against the prosperity gospel here, but it's it's scriptures like this that I point to when I say how in the world can you hold to a theology that says Everything that you do, God wants you to be prosperous in it. Mm. Because this is a prophet of God who is saying, everything within me is gone. 
I am spent. I am done. I'm at the end of my rope. And then he says, yet I will wait quietly for the trouble, the day of trouble. He is sitting there waiting on something bad to happen. Yeah. And and you cannot tell me that that is prosperity in the in any degree. Right. Because I mean, if if it would be like I'm I lose my job, uh, I lose my family in a car crash and I lose everything that I I have and and then all this and then I'm sitting here at my house and I'm saying, "God, I've lost everything. My family's gone." My cars are gone. Everything that I've owned is gone. And I'm just going to sit here and wait for the bank to come repossess my house. <laughs> that, yeah. Like that's, that's almost what it feels like right here. And, but, but this, it's this confidence. It's this quiet confidence in what God is continuing to do in his life that mm-hmm. leads us into verses 17 and 18, which is exactly what Boyce points out. And, and it, it almost to me feels like, and, and this is why I think this is like a, a whole different section uh, of of the Bible or a different section of this book because this feels like the movie has ended like verse 16 is almost like the end of the movie and then verses 17 and 18 are you know this is that person and he went on to do this 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 and this and, and then this and then this other guy over here it's like the end of a movie to yeah. me you know where they're they're filling you in on all the stories that they're not gonna shoot they're not gonna put in the movie like that that's what I feel like that, mm-hmm. that Habakkuk is doing in these in these verses because he he goes on to say after he's quietly waited, the the fig tree's failing. Though he lists all of the stuff that's going wrong in his life, and and he's laying it out there, mm-hmm. and he's saying, and then again in verse verse uh, eighteen, yeah, eighteen, he says, um, "Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation." So you you have this guy who time and time again has watched the destruction happen. Mm-hmm. Time and time again, he's like. God, why are you doing this? Time and time again, he's like, "This, this is so frustrating. What, you know, what's going on?" And then God says, "Here it is. Here, I'm gonna lay it out for you." And he goes, "Okay, cool. You know, it's yeah. it's it's this, it's this weird type of confident faith that the world today doesn't know about." Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, from when we first meet Habakkuk. He is like a he's like a whiner to God mm-hmm. about like yep about and he's in in very short time remember how long Job is the book of Job is like 42 chapters or something like that <laughs> and Habakkuk has learned in in basically 3 chapters yeah what it took now granted Habakkuk was seeing was being told what was going to happen, and Job had all this stuff happen to him. So maybe that's a experience. <laughs> experiential faith is a little different, but but Habakkuk really has come a long way in his journey from when he made his initial to com- complaint to now. It's this place of contentment where he says, yeah. "God, I I do not understand," and I think that's I think that's going to be the main thing I pull about out of this is, mm-hmm. God, I don't understand what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you anyway. Yeah, and I'm going to say. At the end of the day, God, you are you alone are worthy of my worship, and whatever you're up to, whatever yeah. it is you have planned, and that's the thing. God told Habakkuk exactly yeah. what was going to happen, so Habakkuk yeah. knew, and Habakkuk says, "You know what? I don't get it, but let's roll. Let's do it." Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think of so many times where I've heard people say things like, "You know, I asked God to show me what He was doing," and then after the fact, they go, 
You know, I'm glad he didn't show me what he was doing because mm-hmm. if he would have showed me that, I would have not gone along with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, which is, uh, again, which is why God doesn't show us things like that because yeah. because our understanding is finite. Our knowledge is not his knowledge. Yeah, and so many times we try to jump the gun and force, yeah. God's, force God's will <laughs> when God's like, no, 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 no. Um, don't but, go there. Yeah, but I mean that's be, that's because waiting on the work, Lord's not easy. I mean, it's not. You, I mean, the hurry up and wait mentality. Like I joke about that in my, where I work all the time. Like sometimes it's just hurry up and wait, and mm-hmm. that gets really boring really fast. <laughs> or I feel like, I, or I feel like I'm not doing something right, or I feel like I'm missing out on something. Yeah. But God, a lot. God, a lot of times, all He wants is our obedience. All he wants is our faith and our trust in him to mm-hmm. that he is doing something. Yeah. And he is putting all the pieces together. Um, and we don't under, we're, we're not meant to understand it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I could give you a great example from my life. So we bought a house in September of mm-hmm. 2020 in, in preparation for that, I guess in August of 2020, we had, to get our roof replaced at our old house because we were trying to sell it. And it was, there was a leak and we wanted to make sure it was not going to cave in. So, um, (laughs) we get the roof replaced and while they're replacing it, one of the guys puts his foot through the ceiling of my son's room (laughs) because it's just drywall, right? Yeah. And so we've got a hole in the ceiling. I mean, it's, it looks like the guy just like pushed his foot right through and we're like, Hey, did that happen? Why on earth did that happen? Well, we get the yeah. ceiling fixed. My wife goes to Target to get some stuff to replace because underneath the where the hole was, like, was my son's changing table and his dresser and his hamper. So we had to get like all new stuff like that. Not a new dresser. That would be that's extreme. <laughs> but we got a new change in, like insurance company paid for it. Yeah. And you know the whole time I'm like that it's a we're delayed. We're why we're having to do that. We it was. What should have taken one day is now taking several days, and we can't, we can't do a walkthrough and all this stuff. And my wife runs into a girl at Target who's looking for we're, – we're living in a townhouse. at the t- This is a townhouse. Runs into a girl looking for a townhouse in our neighborhood or in our, in our area at the price point we're thinking about listing. And she comes over and looks at the house a couple, you know, a couple weeks later yeah. and was like, let's do it. Let's go. And like we, our house never hit the market and the house we ended up buying never hit the market. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, I I think back to that a lot, like that guy putting his foot through the ceiling, I didn't understand what was going on. My wife didn't, like we had no idea what God was already orchestrating. And then my wife goes to Target on a certain night and runs into a girl who's looking for our house. Basically she was looking for our house. <laughs> and so, I mean, you, you talk about God things, you can talk about God orchestrating things and just having to trust him. And yeah. I, I feel like more believers would have stories like that where they said, I didn't understand at the time what God was doing, mm-hmm. but I understand it now. Yeah. So that's awesome. <laughs> I love, I love stories like that. And, and man, we, I, I think the two of us could probably go on, multiple hours of stories like that. Uh, I mean, even even this podcast and even the two of us meeting is almost a story like that. Yeah. 
you know. And so, um, you know, we were two guys that were that were kind of put in the situation, and and we made the best of it. And through that situation, we became you know the best of friends. And so, um, and and seeing how God has worked in each of our lives over the last three years, you know, has it been um, three years? It has been January of 2018. Yeah, we met, so. we we met the right before my son was born. Dang, mm-hmm. time flies when you're having fun, man, or something like that. I, something like that. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway, so so it, it's that that is exactly what Habakkuk is is going through right here. Is is he saying, God, I don't know why you're doing these things, God, I don't know why you're working this way, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your plan. I'm going to trust your will. I'm going to trust what your word promises me. Uh, you know, at the time Habakkuk didn't have the New Testament, but he would have had the Torah. Um, and so he would have had the stories of Moses and, and um, possibly some of the Psalms at this point. Um, they would have had this stuff to, to learn and to, to grow in their knowledge of God. And so what what these verses kind of what that whole thing does and what that ties together for us is and and I picked these up in in one of the commentaries this is a different commentary that I was I was looking into and so this isn't in the book but I wanted to talk through each one of these little these little statements is what does worship do for us mm-hmm. um you know and and so it's we we do we worship yes but worship also works to build back up in us and God uses it that way to, for that purpose. And so we see, uh, over the course of this, we see three different things. Um, the first one is worship deepens our faith. We see that in verse 16 and I'm just going to run through these real quick and then we're going to come back. So worship deepens our faith verses 17 and 18. We see that worship brings us joy regardless of our circumstances. Okay. And then, and then in verse 19, worship provides strength for the living. For those who are in, in Christ, worship is a, is a strengthening tool. So let's go back up to this, this first one, verse 16, worship deepens our faith. Waiting on God is not easy. It's, and, and verse 16 paints that picture. He says, you know, my body trembles, my bones are rotten. And, and, and so he's painting this picture that this is not easy. Mm. But he waited on God, and this is the same waiting that we saw in chapter 2. This is the same waiting. And so he's waiting for the fulfillment, and he's waiting for this future thing to come. And right here, he's waiting for destruction. Yeah. It's really what he's waiting for. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so we we have this, this deepening of Habakkuk's faith, where in, in verse 2, he's just like, okay, I'm going to wait. And then you roll on through chapter two. I'm sorry, chapter two. You have I'm going to wait. And then you roll on through chapter two. You got the woes. You got Habakkuk going back and forth one more time. And then and then in chapter three, at the end of chapter three, he's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, I'm just going to have to wait. I know what's coming. It's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, I can see it. God showed it to me. He's told me this is what's going to happen. And and I'm just going to have to be faithful. I'm going to have to be faithful in what God has called me to be." Right here to these people, yeah, and so it it de- you see that deepening of Habakkuk's faith, yeah, and, and I think t- uh, like Habakkuk is probably wondering what the timing is going to be like. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a believer, you're always up wondering what God's timing is like going to be like. Yeah. Um, if, especially if you're praying for something really hard, or you're or you're really seeking after something that you feel like God has called you to. But we have to remember that God isn't con- confined to our time. Yeah, He's not. 
in our time. Our what our construct of time does not matter to God. Yeah. And he's, you know, if he's called you to something and he has truly called you to it, he's going to it's going to come to pass whether it's in a week or mm-hmm. a month or 10 years or 20 years. Like it, you, there's no way to know. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where you're okay with waiting for God, but remaining faithful to God, no matter how long it takes for him yeah. to bring to fruition the thing he's called you to. Yeah. Yep. I love those little characters that are like, Tom does this. Tom has that. Be mm-hmm. like Tom. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is one of the, be like Habakkuk. You yeah. Know? Habakkuk waited on God. Yeah. Habakkuk trusted in God. Be yeah. like Habakkuk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so worship deepens our faith. And then we, we roll on into 17 and 18 and worship brings us joy regardless of our circumstances. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't get a better description than, mm-hmm. than verses 17 and 18. The fig tree withers. There's no fruit on the vines. Um, the olive crop has failed. Um, the field yields no food. I mean, everything, basically everything is going wrong. Nothing is going right. Murphy's Law is in full effect right now for Habakkuk. Right. Um, but but Habakkuk still takes the posture. He takes the attitude of, I'm going to worship God because he knows the promise of God. Mm-hmm. And, and how much more do Christians have the promise? I mean— Habakkuk didn't have the New Testament. Habakkuk didn't have Revelation. Habakkuk didn't have the the new city. You know, a better world is coming. Right. We've been promised that as as believers in Christ. A better world is coming. Christ is returning. Mm -hmm. That's what our hope, that's what our future, that's what our confidence is in. Yeah. Just like Habakkuk had confidence in in hope in God in a future, we have the same confidence even more so because we have— the 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 person of Jesus Christ who came, lived, died, was buried, was raised again, and is coming again. We have yeah, yeah. that hope, and so worship should always bring us uh, joy, regardless of what our circumstances are. Yeah, I do think we need to touch on this just real quick. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Oh yeah. So I mean, you can be in a pit of despair. Like you can be in like going through it really hard, mm-hmm. but your worship of God, if you're still pursuing after him, will bring you joy. Yeah. And and your joy is found in the Lord. Your joy is not found in your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Your joy is found in the person of God, the person of Jesus, what they've done, what he has done for you and trusting that his plan is always for your good and worshiping him regardless of what's going on around you yeah absolutely and and yes amen to that let's move on um the last one verse 19 worship provides strength for the living um we know that god will provide we know that god will eventually exact his perfect justice Mm -hmm. um when judgment day comes and and you know in, in in days like today, uh, in times like these, it's harder. It's becoming harder and harder to be a follower of Christ. Um, yeah. A book that I have read, or that I'm currently reading, a, a very good friend of mine wrote. His name is Kyle Bashirs, and the book is called Apathyism, uh, How We Share When They Don't Care. Um, and, and Kyle has really taken on 
the topic and and taken on the I guess this this new type of person who has emerged in just the last twenty or so years um, of what what's called what's being labeled as apatheists. Um, it's people who just don't care about God. Mm. They don't care about having God conversations. You know, when when you talk about going out and doing evangelism, you you say, um, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to we're going to prod people into questions that make them think about God, and then we're going to use that to as a as a transition to get to sharing the gospel with them. And and it's been a it's been an uh, an apologetic approach for for a while now. Um, and, and it's worked. I mean, it, it has, it has led to good gospel conversations and people, um, have seen their need for Christ and, and have turned and repented. Um, and so it's been a great thing, but w- what we're seeing in our culture today is people who just don't care. When you start that conversation, they're just like, meh, you know, they just, they they don't, they don't want to respond. And it's not because they don't have an answer, but it's because they don't care about answering your question. Mm. Um, and and I was actually just reading this yesterday. Kyle actually hits on the exact verses that we're talking about, and I wanted to read this this paragraph because I feel like this is this is a great sum of this verse nineteen. Um, Worship provides strength for the living, um, because he says uh, he says right here he says Habakkuk had joy because of God's salvation in spite of impending war and famine. In the same way, we as Christians have joy because of what God has done through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we rejoice in spite of our circumstances, whether we are healthy or hurting, satisfied or suffering, glad or grieved. With Christ, it is possible to smile amid poverty, to rejoice in the face of cancer, and to laugh through tears. After all, we know that one day soon death will die, and our tears will be wiped away, and our evening strolls will be on streets of gold. And he references uh, Revelation chapter 20 right there. Mm. And I, I, I can't think of a better summary to number one, verse 19 right there, and really to the whole book of Habakkuk. Because, I mean, it, it all comes down to that last verse where Habakkuk says, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Mm. And if you are a believer, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have that promise. If you have not, I would encourage you to do so. If you have questions, please shoot us an email at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to talk to you. If you want to message us through Instagram, you can do that. Some way, we're going to give you all that at the end of it. Um, but you know, Christian today, no matter where you are, no matter where you're listening to this, um, know that there is hope, there's hope in Christ and there's hope coming. Yeah. We don't stand on any promises of this world. We don't stand on what political, uh, parties or governments can do for us or take away from us. We don't stand in anything other than the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And, and I, I love the hymn, My Hope is Found in Nothing Less Than Jesus' Blood and Righteousness. And, and so anywhere else that you look, you're worshiping something else. If, you, if your joy is not rooted and found in the blood of Jesus Christ, then I would encourage you today to turn to him. And, and if, you're, if you are in Jesus Christ and you're struggling, 
turn to him. Look in his, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I lo- I'm just like over here quoting hymns and stuff. I say you're like a good old SBC pastor at the end of a sermon, just quoting hymns. <laughs> quoting hymns. But I mean, uh, it's, it's so applicable to these last three verses. And, and, and I feel like we need to encourage Christians to, to be that way, to be strong. Because, you know, there are some tough days ahead of us. There, I mean, realistically, we as Christians are looking at Habakkuk going, man, we're about to walk through some judgment more than likely. Mm. And, and, and so take heed, take strength, knowing that God is going to exact justice in his way, in his time, on his table. And, and there's nothing that we can do to change it, so we might as well embrace it and trust that God has it under control. Yep. Agreed. And that's how I that's how I would end the the book of Habakkuk. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that. That's no, good. I did. Yeah, I've, en- I've enjoyed the book of Habakkuk. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of sad that this is the end of Habakkuk. <laughs> it has been a good book. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, if they want to find us on uh, social media places where I just encourage them to reach out to us, where would they do that? We are on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching beers and Bible podcast and finding our logo. Um, there should be the new and improved logo by now. Yeah. Surely it should be. Um, and Made then you, our great friend, Adam. Yeah. Adam hashtag hashtag tag. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, and then you can also email us, as Anthony said, at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. And um, we would love to hear from you. Any suggestions or questions or beer offerings that you have for us, we'd love to hear it. And uh, we might give you a shout-out or something on the podcast if we follow through with a suggestion. There you go. To my friend who suggested Red Clay, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's I'm glad one of us was able to get something. <laughs> so Anthony actually told me he, I could find it up here in Georgia. We're going to try, I think. And I, and I did not have time to drive where it's at. So oh well, we've had a busy week, but that's okay. Anyway, we're done. We're done with Habakkuk. And we're going to see what's next. Yep. But until then, keep your beer cold, drink it good, and enjoy the Bible. And we will see you later. Peace out.